This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Pitumelo and Soko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Bitumelo Nzoko. It's almost the beginning of wedding season in South Africa. While couples are rushing to finalize the details for their special day, some have not begun to research or even have a conversation about what marital contract their marriage will fall under. While no one wants to imagine the end of marriage before it begins, financial planners and lawyers agree that it's important to have this discussion and decide on the appropriate matrimonial property regime for your relationship. Joining us to delve deeper into this topic is Eric Jordan, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for, for the opportunity. So firstly, what are the current marital contracts available in South Africa? The differences in marital regimes that we typically have in South Africa at the moment is either, firstly, the commonly known community of property marriages. So that's a marital regime that will be applicable to your marriage if there are no specific other arrangement being made or anti-natural contract that you entered into. So that would be your default marital regime, that's in community of property, which means that on date of marriage, you have a joint estate on which both parties have an equal share in. The other two options in terms of marital regimes or which you will have to enter in marital contract is either being married out of community of property with the accrual system or then out of community of property without the accrual system. And why is it so important to have a marital contract in place? The importance of a marital contract lies in the fact that it it regulates all the legal um, arrangements between the husband and wife throughout their marriage. Now, it often it does impact on things like contractual liabilities, impact on how a person would enter into certain contracts. So it has wide-ranging implications for a couple that have got married. And, and those are implications that exist throughout their marriage from day one until the day that it comes to an end. Does everyone need to have an antinatural contract? For example, will a young couple with no assets need one? It's specifically important for especially young couples where there are no assets in place yet that they do enter into a antinatural contract and understand what the implications of those are. Because those uh, arrangements that you come to now has an impact throughout your marriage. So although you might not have the assets in place on the date that you are married, while you are married, you will start acquiring uh, assets, you will start entering into business relationships, etc. And those are things uh, where an antinatural contract has a very important role to play. And who do couples approach to have a marital contract drafted and how long does the process take and how does it work? So marital contracts are needs to be drafted and registered by a notary. So that is typically an attorney who also then is qualified as a notary. So that individual, you'll have to have an a antinatural contract that you entered into before the notary. And that notary then needs to see to that contract being registered at the deeds office. So the process for, for that is it's quite important, firstly, that you must sign or enter into that contract before that before you actually get married. Because as we said previously, if you do not enter into a contract beforehand, 
the default marital regime of being in, married in community property will then be applied uh, to your marital uh, regime. So that's the first step that you would need to take is you need to consult with, with a notary um, beforehand and make sure that the anti-natural contract itself is signed before the date of your marriage. That's the first important timeline. And once you do sign and enter into that anti-natural contract, the notary then has three months from the date of which that contract was signed to have that contract registered at the deeds office. So that is obviously that registration could happen after the marriage, but this, the entering into of the contract must take place before the marriage is entered into. And what are the costs of having an antinuptial contract drafted? Yeah, the cost could be wide ranging and it specifically depends on specifically the, the, the complication of, of the contract uh, itself. But uh, normally in the range of around about two and a half to three and a half thousand rand is typically a, a fee for, for the drafting of an antinatural contract um, itself. What are some of the important things that need to be included in your contract? Yeah, so there's quite a couple of things that you would need to need to include. So first of all, the main purpose of that contract would be to, to, to determine which marital regime is applicable to your marriage. So that contract will then determine whether you marry alchemy of property with the accrual or without the accrual system. And then should you decide to have the accrual system applicable to your marriage, the contract typically would have a starting um, asset value for, for the marriage. So that's obviously an important number to, to have in your contract to know from what the basis for where you calculate the accrual. And then you can also determine whether there are certain assets that needs to be excluded from that contract, for instance, for the accrual purposes. So those are the typical things that you would need to, do to include in your marital contract. And should you approach your financial advisor before drafting your marital contract? Yes, it is actually quite important because, as you probably have, have heard now, it, it does have the, your marital regime that you do into does have quite an important impact on on your whole financial planning that you might be might be doing and that has to do with things like if you decide to for instance have a business it, it, it could be important what type of marital regime you entered into so whether it's out of community of property do you include the accrual system and what's the impact of that going forward in, in your financial planning also, your marital regime might have certain tax implications in terms of how the interest that is earned on, on your investments, how that will be will be taxed, certain passive incomes that you might be receiving. If you, for instance, are married in community of property, those type of incomes are automatically split between the two individuals where being married out of your property, that does not uh, take place. So there are financial implications to the type of uh, marital regime that you do elect to have applicable to your marriage. And it's important to just to take note and, and incorporate that in, in your uh, financial planning. What are some of the important things that need to be included in your contract? Yeah, so it's important to, to first of all, maybe just un- take note that when you married out of your property with, with, the, with the accrual, that only the accrual calculation will only take place when that marriage comes to an end, so either one of the parties uh, passes away or, or the marriage ends in, in, in a divorce. 
So at that point in time, does the accrual calculation uh, get done and, and a claim will either be lodged against either one of the estates? So until that point in time, when you're married out of your property, each party's finances is actually kept separate and there are no implications of what one of the spouse uh, potential liabilities take on doesn't affect the, the estate of the other party. So those are important factors to take into account. If you're married income of property, obviously that is totally different. So from the date that you do get married, immediately you form a joint estate. And that means that the creditors of one of the parties has a claim against the joint estate, which obviously includes the assets of both parties. So it's very important to to understand what the implications of your marital regime has, even on a day-to-day basis. And how does it affect your retirement and estate planning? Yes, so again, a marital regime is actually quite vital to to both those those disciplines in terms of retirement planning as well as estate planning. Starting on the retirement planning, as I've mentioned before, certain incomes that is earned by by one of the parties in a marriage income of property is automatically split. So from a tax perspective, that needs to be taken into account to understand what the implications of a specific investment would have on, on the financial plan. Similar from a capital gains tax implication where there's assets sold in a marriage income of property, the gains are automatically split between the two parties, where in in the event of marriage out of community of property, that is not the case. Each party's interest or capital gains is only applicable to that specific party. So that obviously plays quite a role in terms of how you plan investments, who holds the investments, where the income will be received and what the tax implications of, the, of those investments or income would be. From an estate planning purpose point of view, marital regimes obviously is vital. Uh, you need to to have a, quite an in-depth knowledge and, and understanding of those marital regimes to understand how that could impact on a client's will, for instance. So where you are married in community of property and you want to leave certain assets to someone other than your spouse, you must understand that you only own 50% of the joint estates. And no specific asset belongs to a, a one in, individual to, uh, or party to the marriage. It's held jointly. So it becomes very difficult where um, other parties need to be benefited from that will as well. So it's important from those from those aspects to, to understand uh, your marital regime. Similar on the accrual system where you're married, asking your property with the accrual, that accrual is actually a claim that gets calculated on the date that the marriage comes to an end, so where one of the parties passes away. It could be either a claim or a liability in, in, in that specific uh, deceased estate, and and you need to understand what the implication of that uh, would be and draw draft your wills um, then accordingly. And I just want to throw in an extra question here. How are inheritances received before and after marriage affected by your marriage regime? So where you're married out of kingdom of property and you do decide to to have the accrual uh, system applicable to it. Now, the accrual system aims to have the growth that there are in both parties' estates 
during the marriage to have that split equally or divided equally. Where you get married, it's important at that point in time to clearly identify what your the starting values of each party's estates are to understand from where the accrual or the growth in the in the estates will be calculated. At that point in time, you can also include in your anti-natural contract uh, certain assets, for instance, that you would like to exclude from that accrual. Um, and that could be certain assets that you've acquired through either a donation or it's family assets or there's business assets that you would, wouldn't want to um, form part of that calculation. Also, where you then inherit certain assets um, while the marriage is in existence, uh, in terms of the accrual calculation, that inheritance is automatically excluded from any accrual calculation. So that's an important part to to keep in mind is that any inheritance that you receive then for purposes of the accrual calculation will not be taken into account. And once you're married, can you change your marital contract? It is possible to change the marital contract, but it does involve quite a lengthy court application. So you need to, to apply to the high court to have your marital regime changed to something else. And, and that obviously means you have to involve attorneys. It is um, notifications that needs to be uh, sent out to all interested parties. And it could be quite a lengthy process to to do that. And, and obviously, where courts are involved and time is involved, uh, costs could be f- fairly high as well. So it is something that is possible. But um, I would really encourage people to rather make sure before they get married that that, that the right uh, decisions has been made and that you enter into the right marital contract for your specific situation. Thank you, Eric. That was Eric Jordan, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy Podcast, hosted by Britamelo and Sorko. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.